Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. So are you ready? Yeah, we'll edit that first part out. I'm ready. Hey, all right. So wait, that's not going to be in there. Uh, it'll be in the YouTube. So if you ex- guys are exclusive mm. to you want you want to look at us on YouTube, you can see what we just talked about. I'll let it out. Everything except that little bit. Shh, it'll be secret. You got secrets. <laughs> the secrets of the YouTube episodes. Yeah, yeah. You can go figure out what happened in the beginning of this episode. So yeah. We're, so we're do me a favor. Out. Yeah, do me a favor. You want me to take off the rope? No, I'd like you to. Well, I <laughs> mean. No, I mean, leave the robe off. Leave the robe on. Take everything else take off. <laughs> you want to be naked under the robe? We should. We should start a new podcast called "Naked Under the Robe," and we yeah. just, we wear robes only. Uh, my when my dad was in college, him and uh, his four three roommates. I think they had three roommates back then. They would go out in bathrobes to parties and nice. stuff like that. They they got I guess pretty well known around campus because they would wear their bathrobes everywhere hmm. the robe so, bros did they yeah. wear stuff underneath it i would well i've never asked part of me didn't want to know yeah that's fair that's but you yeah, had a nice mustache and uh hmm. wore a bathrobe yeah that's cool you and him I mean, look a lot alike as younger men oh thanks it's true though it's true it's same hairline and everything solid hairline huh? <laughs> yeah solid yeah good mustache solid hairline mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got to be comfortable when you go out. You can't, you can't be going out and not feeling good. Yeah, I wasn't blessed with the hairline though. You were blessed with good, good robes. Yeah, right. The confident you had, you were blessed with the confidence. If you wanted to, you could wear a robe mm-hmm. anywhere. Home Depot. Yeah, I've, I've actually, I've worn a robe out plenty. Uh, not lately though, because I go to work in the morning and don't have. Yeah. Anyway, so I'd like you to do something for me. Is your light off in your room right now? Yep. Why don't you go turn it on? Uh, okay. Are we Just talking fl- about uh, someone who invented the light bulb? Just flick the switch. I'll have to leave my station. Okay, hang on. <laughs> that good? Yeah. Isn't that nice how that happens? It's real nice. The date is July 10th, 1856. clock has just struck midnight. An electrical storm rages in the skies above a small village of Smiljan in what is now known as modern-day Croatia. This was the prophetic beginning of the life of the child who would become known as the father of electricity, the man more commonly known as Nikola Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I was so worried you were going to say Thomas Edison. No, man. This is crazy because I was just, we, I just watched a Pawn Stars episode about Tesla, and I was like, man, that would be a great story to do on Tesla because not many people know about it. So this is great. So we're going to start from the beginning, though, right? He great. was born yeah. on July 10th, 1856, like I said. And so the story goes, an electrical storm just totally raged through the sky the night he was born, which is, you know, who knows if that's true, but that's what they say. It's good lore. His father was an Eastern Orthodox priest as well as a teacher and a poet. He was a well-educated guy. Tesla would often describe his father's mental abilities and training exercises. So he, this is what Tesla had to say. These daily lessons were intended to strengthen memory and reason and especially to develop the critical sense and were undoubtedly very beneficial. So his father was smart and he practiced mm -hmm. things and he worked out his brain. His mother was known for her in inventiveness and intelligence. The funny thing is, she was illiterate, so she couldn't read, couldn't write, but she could memorize like lengthy works of literature. And I don't know exactly how she would do it, but what I'm guessing was maybe she had it read to her or whatever, and she could memorize it somehow. So she was also an inventor, but she was an inventor of like different kinds. She would, she like, she was sort of like a seamstress. So she would construct new tools and devices to help her weave and design things with thread that she also spun herself. So he's coming from family lineage of people who invent and create things, right? He's got, he's got good genes. So he, Tesla, began inventing at a young age. He spent the majority of his time as a boy in nature. These early years, he played, he experimented, and he observed the natural world which eventually, I mean, ultimately served as a great inspiration for his future works. Funny story, one of his earliest inventions that he can remember, because he's, there's a, he wrote an autobiography, which really, I mean, the guy is detailed. He's, mm -hmm. I mean, when they ask him a question, he gives long answers. <laughs> so they asked him when, what his first invention was. And this was the first one that he could remember. Basically what it was, he was left behind from a fishing trip that a classmate went on because him and the classmate didn't like each other. So this boy went on a fishing trip with all the other kids and Tesla was left by himself. Young Nikola is all alone. And he created a hook that somehow he decided he wanted to catch frogs. So he proceeded to catch a shit ton of frogs and the other children were, Green with envy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's funny, though, he kept his secret for a long period of time about how he did it. Because all the kids were, mm -hmm. like, amazed. He caught way more frogs than they did and blah, 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 whatever. And they didn't understand. And he, But he wouldn't tell them. He was a hook? He made a hook. So, yeah, he had a, a thin piece of wire. And he bent it with two rocks. Yeah, And somehow was able to use bait and he was somehow able to dangle it in front of the rock. There, it was something about it that made it special, but he'd dangle it in front of the frog, I'm sorry, and the frog would jump and grab it, grab the hook and be hooked so they'd catch it. Sure. Okay. But he kept his secret until Christmas one year and he decided to give his secret away to the other kids. I want to put a pin in that. 
because mm. that theme is going to become common for his life. That's fun. I like that. Okay. Yep. He'd continue to tinker with things in the natural world, but he also started to move on to more mechanical things, like his grandfather collected clocks. So he was like very young. He was maybe six, and he was able mm-hmm. to take mechanical parts. This dude was able to take mechanical parts from one of these clocks and make a pop gun. You know, you you pull the trigger and it goes pop. You know what I mean? Yeah. So right. he was able, I mean, already he's starting to do pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, cool yeah. stuff. He's a little kid. Yeah. Where is yep. he born in America? No, he was, he was born in Eastern Europe. Ah, Eastern Europe. Okay. Yeah. Right. What is now Croatia. Got it. So in 1866, the family moved, Tesla's family moved to a much larger city called Gospic, where he attended school there until about 1870. Here, his Nikola's interest in math, science, physics, and engineering really began to surface. So when he's about 14, he moves to a bigger city called Karlstadt in Croatia. He moves in with his uncle, who is a, a, some sort of higher-up guy who had lots of connections. He attended a nice school car- called the Karlovac Higher Real Gymnasium. I don't know why that's called that, but it is. It was a four-year program. He graduated in three years with honors, and he was only 17. After he graduated in 1873, he moved back home to the town of Gospic, where his family lived, and he contracts cholera. So I found a good quote that he gave about his time with cholera, and it pretty much explains how that went. I contracted the awful disease on the very day of my arrival, and although surviving the crisis, I was confided to bed for nine months with scarcely any ability to move. My energy was completely exhausted, and for the second time, I found myself at death's door. In one of the sinking spells, which I thought was going to be my last, my father rushed into the room. I still see his pallid face as he tried to cheer me in tones, belying his assurance. Perhaps, I said, I may get well if you let me study engineering. So his father replies, you'll go to the best technical institution in the world. And I knew he meant it. A heavy weight was then lifted from my mind, but the relief would have come too late had it not been for a marvelous cure brought about through a bitter decoction of a peculiar bean. Cholera almost killed him. I mean, by all the reports that I read, like, he, it it basically killed him. It would have killed him without the magic bean. That's crazy, because he was a young man and he was bedridden for nine months. Yeah, and what what actually happened, they, so when he contracted cholera, they sent him away to this mountain area near where he lived mm-hmm. because back in the day it was believed that like when you got sick in America, it was like tuberculosis. That was the big one. They'd send you away to the mountains. The air was thinner. It was cleaner. And it mm-hmm. was believed that like that would help you heal faster. For so sure. they basically sent him away for these nine months to rest and recuperate. So when he gets better, finally does get better. He goes off to college. How do you think he does in college, Bones? I think he does. Part of me, maybe, is this a trick question? Maybe he hates it. Maybe he does really well. So his first year, he does really well. He earns scholarships and he excels in all of his classes. Here's where it gets interesting because he developed a gambling habit in his second Mm. year. So that really negatively impacted his studies and he lost most of his scholarships. He was also a handful 
for professors since he was full of youthful piss and vinegar, as I like to call it. He had burning passion and ideas. While he was in college, Tesla started to begin to develop some of these earth-shattering ideas for future inventions. He Nothing was like thought out, but he started, the wheels were turning because obviously yeah. he was he was in physics and he was doing the engineering stuff. And so it's crazy though. He did three years in college and he did not graduate. He dropped out of college, cut off all communications with his family, just needed a backpack through Europe and find himself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Need to go rogue. Yeah. Yeah. He just went rogue. Is that what he did? No, he, <laughs> the, oh. what he actually did was a lot less fun than that. He became consumed by gambling oh, God. and worked as what's called a draftsman. So basically he would draw up technical plans like engineering document or uh you know drawings so that's what he did he would gamble and he would you know do that he was eventually forced home the police literally dragged him home because he was causing problems he and they brought him home it's kind of nice he moved home in 1879 back to gospic and his father died a month later his father was really important to him he was a huge uh, figure in his life he was he motivated Tesla to do a lot of the things that he did. And when he died, it was sort of like a, a shock to his system. At that point, he hit rock bottom. He gambled all his money away. And his mother watched him do this. And she knew what was happening. And she let it happen because she knew it had to happen. He moved past his gambling problem because he finally was able to like let it go. Mm. It was moving past the death of his father he went and spent all of his money. He had hit rock bottom, and he said he never gambled again after mm. after this all happened. This all reinvigorated his passion to create. So in 1880, so about a year later, Tesla moves to Prague and begins attending lectures at Carl Ferdinand University. But he wasn't actually, he couldn't actually get enrolled. So he was just attending lectures and these classes, but he wasn't enrolled in the college sure so he does that for two years and in 1882 he moves to paris to work for the continental edison company he was like a peon like he's not really doing anything crazy there but he starts to garner the attention his boss his name was charles bachelor who was also an employee of this company so on june 6th 1884 this is two years later Tesla moves to the United States because he was basically going to work for Edison in a more official capacity because he was brilliant. And this is outlined in a letter of recommendation to Thomas Edison from Charles Batchelor. Batchelor says, I know two great men. You are one of them and the other is this young man. So he's talking about Edison being one and Tesla being the other. Hmm. So Tesla's work for Edison began with Simple electrical engineering, you know, I think Edison was probably just seeing what he could do. You know what I mean? It quickly progressed to Tesla began solving like the company's most difficult problems. Um, one of which, and this is sort of the beginning of uh, his breakaway from Edison. He was offered the task to completely redesign the Edison company's direct current generators. So they were highly inefficient. They weren't, they just weren't good. And Edison offered Tesla $50,000 to 
to fix the problem, right? Thomas Edison offered Tesla $50,000 to fix this problem with the direct current generators. Got it. For the next like six months, Tesla would regularly work 18 hour days for Edison. He ended up solving the problems. Classic Thomas Edison refused to pay him. Ah, here we go. Yeah, classic. I remember this story yep. now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, this is where the rivalry begins because. Yeah, he's a shithead. Yeah, Thomas Edison was low key a shithead. And so Tesla promptly quit. He yeah. He's like, nope, had enough. He quit and formed his own company. He found some partners. The company was called the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing Company. Which is badass. Way better the name. Right. So this would set the stage for Edison and Tesla to remain rivals for the remainder of their careers. Edison was a brilliant scientist, but he was also a successful entrepreneur who was known for his shrewd business dealings and Mm self-promotion. That's what he did. He was good at making deals. He was good at, you know, what we call as marketing, promoting our... He'd be on social media and Tesla wouldn't basically these days. Yeah, he's a capitalist. Yeah. And so Tesla... Equally brilliant, and probably more so, was more focused on advancing science for the betterment of mankind, and more often than not, sacrificed financial gain because of that. Mm -hmm. So again, that goes back to when he was a boy, what did he give away for free? The hooks to catch frogs. Yeah, yeah, frog hooks. (laughs) He didn't ask for anything in return. He just gave them, he gave the idea away as a Christmas gift. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And during all of these like moves and transitions, Tesla is continuing to push boundaries with technology, such as induction motors and various devices that use rotating magnetic fields. Fields. Now, I'm going to be honest. I have a book that I bought uh, a few years ago. Can you see it? Yep. So this book has the technical drawings and like everything in it from like this stuff. Sure. Yeah. And I don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't have a clue, but Neither do I. I have no idea. Yeah, he was I mean, he was brilliant. Anyway, that's what he was doing. He was working on stuff like that. Working on stuff, make stuff go. Make yep, doing things and stuff and better. Amazing. Yep. So in eighteen eighty six, the Tesla Electric Light and Manufacturing Company was shut down by Tesla's business partner. Who did not see a future in inventions such as de- the development of the alternating current? I want you to put a pin in that, too. Remember that. Yeah, there's another pin. Got it. Yep, pin that. Because okay. we came back and we pulled the other pin out. Oh, we frog. did. Yep. Oh, that's so true. So now yeah, we're we putting did. another one okay. in. Replacement pin in is up. Or yep. alternating current. Got it. This didn't stop Tesla, though. And in 1890, at his Fifth Avenue laboratory in New York City, Tesla made some of his most profound discoveries. So 1890 um, was often called the year of discovery for Tesla. So he developed neon. So like neon lights. So we see the neon signs, whatever. That He invented that. Wow. Fluorescent lighting in every building in America. There's probably fluorescent lighting, you know, the long tubes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He invented that. You know what else he invented? X-ray technology. Yeah, crazy. So when you go get an X-ray, that was Tesla. Experiments with high voltage and high frequency led to an amazing breakthrough. He discovered that light bulbs can be illuminated without wires, proving that energy could be conducted wirelessly. 
So think about all the things we do wireless, wirelessly now. We've got Bluetooth. We've got, uh, you know, every, everything, microwaves, all these things. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff that moves wirelessly. The groundwork was laid by Tesla. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say I like x-rays. Uh, I like neon. I don't, think <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like fluorescent light bulbs, but that's pretty amazing that he did all three. Right. I mean, fluorescent lighting is going away. Like, it's moving in the way of LEDs. But if you think right. about it, we've been using fluorescent lighting for, what, 70 years now? Yeah. Pretty, I mean, for... pretty commonly in, like, workshops and, you know. Right. All that type of stuff. When I hear fluorescent lighting, I just think of sad office buildings. Well, yeah. It's a cheap and effective way to light things up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was that was that was his goal, I guess. Yeah. So there's a there's a famous picture of him holding a light bulb that's not connected to anything, but it's lit up. Mm -hmm. And that's the he's transmitting the light, you know, the power without wires. That's him showing like he's just holding it. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. maybe he had another really good idea and he's he's lighting it up. Well, we're going to get to that. But it's like basically, yeah, the Tesla coils, Tesla towers, all that type of stuff. That that was how he was able to transmit electricity wireless. So what, probably Tesla's most, his biggest crowning achievement was called the Columbian Exposition. So what ha this is what happened. In 1893, the world's innovators were engaged to uh, in a race to harness electricity to provide power for humanity because for the most part we were still operating with no electricity and even like edison had developed a light bulb that was really inefficient it wasn't very bright and it was really hot and tesla came up with the like we talk about edison bulbs all the time right all the time all the time Tesla's bulbs were way more efficient. They were brighter and they didn't get as hot. And nobody, no, we're not calling them Tesla bulbs. Tesla had good bulbs. Yeah, he had good bulbs. So the two leading concepts for providing power to the masses were Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison. Tesla had alternating current, which we call AC, uh, going up against Edison's direct current, which we call DC, also a good band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good that's good this is what would become known as the battle of the currents so you have ac current and dc current do you think that's why it's called ac dc that's 100 percent why it's called AC. is it really yeah wow that's amazing i never even thought about that we use dc and we ac current is everywhere dc yeah, current we yeah. use that too ac yeah, current uh, is safer and more efficient okay. i don't understand the difference but okay whatever uh, I'll tell you a little bit of the difference, but the I'm not going to get into the nuts and bolts yeah, of it. I'm not a scientist. It doesn't matter. You're not? I'm more fascinated with Tesla the person than I am with like the inventions, because I don't necessarily understand that, and I don't think I ever will. I'm not smart enough to like really get it. You know what I mean? Okay. So the battle came to a head at the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. This was also known as the Columbian exposition in honor of the 400th anniversary of christopher columbus's voyage to the americas he was a real dickhead christopher columbus by the way maybe we'll we do a podcast on, christopher on how columbus. terrible yeah. he was yeah yeah and we, let's put a pin in that let's put a, <laughs> let's put a separate pin i don't really want to talk about terrible people but sometimes you guess you have to we could talk about why he was actually terrible though yeah true because we have 
uh, Columbus Day, which is stupid. Anyway. Yeah, we don't um, have that out here. Yeah, that's good. We really don't. Anyways. You guys are too woke. Yeah. In California, yeah. Yeah, we are. <clears throat> so, we digress. Inventors were inve- invited to submit bids to light the fair using electricity. Um, Edison submitted a bid for $554,000 using his DC concept. This is back in like the late 1800s. That's a lot of money. Dude, that's that's like millions of dollars. Hundreds of millions of dollars nowadays. George Westinghouse, who obviously we know from, you know, he was a big tycoon back in the day with all sorts of stuff, power, coal, you know, whatever. He came in with Tesla's patents for AC power. So Westinghouse and Tesla were partners. Tesla was able to secure most of his funding through Westinghouse. He bid 399000 and won the contract. When the 1893 Chicago World's Fair was illuminated using Nikola Tesla's inventions for AC electricity and fluorescent lighting, it was a spectacle that amazed the world. There's a really cool picture of, it's a view of the fairgrounds all lit up. And this is like the first Mm. time in history that our artificial light is like lighting up a large space public gathering yeah a public yeah public space like lampposts and buildings and you know what used to be torches you know what i mean like this is now yeah. it's all electrical lighting yeah it's, it, it took, used to be a, the job of a little kid somewhere to like mm, go and light the lampposts exactly on, yep. on fire yep and they just you know what they did they flipped a switch mm-hmm. everything came on it's a really cool picture it was a spectacle that amazed the world and more importantly tesla's victory over edison in the battle of the current was a win with far-reaching impact Tesla proved to the world that AC was superior to DC for safely transmitting power over long distances to a large population, and AC became the standard system of our modern power. Fast forwarding to May of 1899 in Colorado Springs, he had a lab in Colorado Springs, and now there's nothing left there except a plaque, because I went there when I lived in Colorado, I tried, I wanted to go and see his lab, but it doesn't exist anymore. He was researching wireless telegraph, telegraphy, 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 yeah, I don't know, using high voltage and high frequency electricity. During the experiments, Tesla created artificial lighting that generated reports of electrified... So, like, people were reporting these things happening. There was electrified butterflies Hmm. and thunder that could be heard 15 miles away, sparks (laughs) that appeared on horse hooves and water pipes. So, like, the electricity was... It was going all over the place wirelessly. So, which is crazy. He's straight... He's just a mad scientist. That's what people thought he was like. That's a lot of what people thought he was, was a mad scientist, which is kind of unfair. He was just a little bit eccentric. (laughs) Yeah, he wanted to figure stuff out. Yeah, he built the largest Tesla coil in history. It looks kind of like a tower with a brain on top. And I'm sure people have seen pictures of it's a famous picture. Tesla sitting in a chair at the base of the Tesla tower or the Tesla coil and Mm -hmm. like elect like lightning bolts going everywhere it's a really really cool picture so it was about 50 feet in diameter 
and it was a preliminary model of the magnifying transmitter he would build at his Wardenclyffe lab just a few years later. Wardenclyffe, we'll talk about Wardenclyffe. Tesla left Colorado Springs in January of 1900, and shortly thereafter received patents for a system of transmitting electrical energy and an electrical transmitter. So he wasn't there for long, but again, he still is making these big discoveries. So here's Wardenclyffe. Wardenclyffe was kind of the beginning of the end for Tesla in a public light. So here's what Tesla planned to use the tower for. The tower that I was just talking about, the 50-foot one, the Tesla the Tesla coil. He planned to use the tower to achieve what the scientific community had so far considered impossible, a global wireless communication system. The tower would be the prototype for a system that could broadcast music, news, stock market reports, secured military communications, images around the world using the earth itself as a conductor. So there's there's electrical energy. We have electrical energy in us. Like we're we have currents flowing through us. Mm-hmm. So does the earth. So Tesla was going to use that to broadcast information everywhere wirelessly. Hell yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's badass. I mean, he's a badass. This is 1899, 1900, yeah. 1900, and he's doing stuff that Hey, look, look what we can do now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we didn't even have cars at this point. And exactly. He's talking about... And one of his visions, because cars had started to be developed, and one of his visions that every car would have a Tesla coil. There would be big Tesla coils. So, like, instead of uh, power lines or power plants, there would be 150-foot Tesla towers that would transmit power to every home and every car wirelessly. So like we wouldn't have power lines. We wouldn't have any of that because he envisioned it being free and wireless. Like we wouldn't be paying for it because it'd be coming from the earth and it's Mm. a renewable resource. It's not like we use it up and it's gone. Well, you know why that doesn't work? Because it makes nobody money. (laughs) It doesn't make anybody money. So therefore you can't use it. And that way, you know that no one's stealing your energy by putting a wire to your house because that's stealing and you're not making money. Every house would have a Tesla yeah. coil on it and every car would do. So everything would be powered mm. free electrical energy. Mm. Basically, what he was trying to do was to create a telecommunications infrastructure to what the Internet offers us today. And it'd be completely wireless. So, and this is 1900. Tesla had an even more ambitious purpose, though, in mind for the massive Wardenclyffe Tower, which it was massive. It was like, I think they said it was 100 feet tall. I mean, it was huge. He had already proven that high-frequency signals could be transmitted without wired connections using his own Tesla coils. And this led to what would become a lifelong obsession, the wireless transmission of energy. So Tesla's dream was not only to revolutionize telecommunications, by creating a system for relaying information wirelessly, but also to create a viable method for transferring power currents around the globe by capturing the Earth's natural energy. So that's like what I was kind of, in my layman's terms, that's what I was talking about. Everyone's going to have free energy. So here, yeah, here's yeah. what I wrote. Tesla saw that the world around us is brimming with free energy and was adamant about finding a way to harness it for the betterment of humanity. Secret experiments that Tesla conducted at his Colorado Springs lab in 1899 had convinced him that it would be possible to transmit electrical power through Earth's upper atmosphere 
So Wardenclyffe was to be the prototype station for what he imagined as a grid of towers spanning the entire globe, which would then realize his dream of worldwide wireless power. In some ways it's sad because he's doing amazing things, but he's almost like has a, he still has a childlike wonder to invent, right? And, you know, as a child, you hopefully you get the right influences and you just want to do the right thing, right? And you think like, oh, that's what the world wants is just good things. And then you realize, at least in this neck of the woods, a lot of people just want to make yeah. money. And if you can't make money, then fuck your good idea. Fuck Betterment. Yeah. That's kind of how, and it was amazing, actually, that he had as much buy-in as he did. So, like, sure. he had these big, like, Westinghouse, for example. Yeah. I mean, he was his main partner. He was his main financer. And um, the owners of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York also backed him. So, like, he had some pretty high, good friends in high places. The problem with Tesla, though, he was, he could, he was never happy with anything. He was always tinkering. So, like, the Wardenclyffe Tower, uh, I'll, I, this is what I wrote. Tesla's grand vision for Wardenclyffe exceeded his resources and also his patrons' patience, so, like, his, his investors. Mm-hmm. The project ran into financial difficulties before it was completed because he could never, he didn't, he couldn't finish it because it was never right, it was never good enough for him. So, in 1917, the unfinished tower was finally demolished for scrap to satisfy Tesla's debts. What had been a landmark laboratory full of famous Tesla inventions now became a vacant testament to his most ambitious idea. And the laboratory is still there in New York. It's on it's in Long Island. And there um, there's a volunteer organization nonprofit that is working to rebuild the tower just because they, they bought the lab back in like 2013. Yeah. And then they've been sort of restoring it. And now they're trying to rebuild the tower to give people an idea of what it looked like. What it could have been. That's crazy. Cool. Good for them. But that was kind of like his last public hurrah. I mean, he continued to like invent things, but the older he got, the little more crazy he got. Like he, he had plans for what he called a death ray that he tried to sell the U S military on. Oh, shit. It was like he was able to wirelessly transmit energy in a destructive oh manner. Like, yeah, with, this guy could have been so dangerous. Well, he made plans for it. Like, it was a, it was a legitimate yeah. thing. There was, there was some sort of event that happened where there was a random explosion, and it leveled, like, a huge swath of land. And the sort of the rumor became that it was Tesla who had, you know, used his death ray. His death ray. And it was, like, across the world, too. So they thought from, you know, New York, he was able to transmit. But who's to say you can't do that? Tesla was pretty sure you could. So he started to get a little more crazy. He thought he could communicate with pigeons. He, like, the older he got, just his his health just deteriorated huh. quite a bit. Like mental health? And- yeah, yep. And he didn't have any money. So all of his uh, patents got they expired because basically what happens is when you have a patent, when people use that technology, you get a royalty. It's kind of like when you have sure. music, every time it's played, you get a royalty from it. But his patents expired and he didn't pursue to, you know, re-up the patents. Yeah. So he stopped getting money. He died broke and alone on January 7th in 1943 in his New York City hotel room, which he basically lived for 
the remainder of his you know his life there he he started living there in like 1920 and lived there the oh, remainder shit. of his life pretty much that's kind of how it ends for him but some of his most well-known inventions were alternating current which we still use the tesla coil the magnifying transmitter the tesla turbine which is an electric engine that uh is still being like think about it like tesla cars same it's yeah. the same idea uh, they were back in the day, these were called shadow graphs, but that's what an x-ray is. He was responsible for radio. So like the first radio transmission was thought to be from a guy named Marconi after Tesla died later in the year in 1943, the Supreme court ruled that Marconi did not invent radio and that Tesla was responsible for the invention of radio. So he did get credit for that because that nice. was his invention. Marconi just looked at his work and like did the thing. Because Tesla yeah. could never had the material finish to plug it. it in. Yeah, and he ne- like he couldn't. He just he his, his mind was always you know what I mean. So it's always moving. He designed neon, which we talked about hydroelectric power. He designed the power plant at Niagara Falls, which is a hydroelectric hmm. power plant. The induction wow. motor, which is found in many everyday objects such as vacuum cleaners and hair dryers. Yeah, even radio controlled boats. Hmm. He invented those. And it's funny, in uh, the video game Red Dead Redemption 2, Tesla's in that game as a different oh, cool. character. Like, they they pay him. There's, like, six missions that you do with him. And the first one is you find him messing around with a radio-controlled boat, um, hmm. like, on a lake or something. And you, you know, whatever. Anyway, it's cool. He And then, obviously, he laid the foundations for the transmission of wireless energy. So why is this important to us? Why is this important to the people that are listening? Because Tesla strove to be the best, and he didn't do it for money, he didn't do it for fame, he did it for the betterment of all of us, for all humans. Free wireless energy for everyone. Can we even imagine that? I can't. A more connected world, a world that's less focused on greed, more focused on connection, and Tesla just didn't fit into his time, and I don't know that he would have fit into our time. He was truly like a man out of time. It's ama- it's it's really crazy to think what he could have done had he lived now with the technology that we have. But he invented a lot of the technology that got us to where we are now. I, I feel like if he was in our time, he'd still be he'd still be ahead of it in some way. And so in like pretty much every way, he, he would just be off on his own world. And um, in my opinion, he's one of the most brilliant minds to ever walk on the earth. And one of his favorite one of my favorite quotes of his Each day we go to our work in the hopes of discovering. And I think that that says a lot about him and what he was about, because at the end of the day, like I said, he wasn't about money or fame. He was just about learning and growing and achieving stuff and just for the sake of doing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think we can all learn a lot from that. Um, And I don't know that people make the connection between, you know, Tesla is a large company now uh, that makes electric cars and other stuff. Elon Musk is the, what do you call it, CEO. It's it's a, a nice homage, I think, to him because without him, we wouldn't have those types of electric cars or, or whatever. But I don't know that people truly understand the depth of his impact in our daily lives. Like when you flip the switch on in your room, thank Tesla. Edison gets all the credit for all of that. In all of our history books and in, in, in mainstream media and whatever, Edison is the one who, you know, the Edison bulb, 
but yeah. his light bulb sucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he stole a lot of Tesla Tesla's inventions. So yeah, I mean, he, he was a he was a capitalist, and they had feuds like their whole life, didn't they? Like, yeah, they they, did. they went back and forth. Uh, yep. I mean, all the time. And if Tesla even had like an ounce of business a, a, sense, an <laughs> ounce of business, or like inkling to make money, yeah. he'd be the richest man in history. Yep, he'd be a five fucking trillionaire because of everything that we do. Yep, comes probably came from his mind. And Vacuums, he didn't marry. He didn't have kids. Like, he just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. He just did his own thing. Yeah. Yeah, an amazing mind. He was driven to discover for the betterment of all of us. I think a lot of it for the betterment of himself too. He wanted to prove Edison wrong and prove a lot of people that he could, he could, you know, this stuff was possible because yeah, I'm sure that motivated him. Made sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's uh, there. I mean, obviously, there's much more to him than that, but that's a good jumping off point to. When you when we use the stuff that we use and just thinking about it a little bit more, it connects you a little bit more to when you turn the light switch on and yeah. when you use your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Well, great. That's that's, that's fantastic. Uh, that's crazy that you 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 wanted to talk about him because yeah, I, I, yeah, that idea came to mind as me too. Watch so. that movie, The Prestige, man. Mm-hmm. It's that's mm-hmm. a. I think it's a good like obviously it's a good introduction into oh that. Tesla guy, that's cool. That Tesla coil, that's cool. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. This is him. Let me show you a picture of him. Yeah, I've seen. I know what the the man looks. Yeah, he yeah. looks like a he looks like a bad scientist. I mean, look at the guy. All of his pictures too. He does the same pose. It's like yeah, same pose. But it's man, he looks so mysterious. Any great inventor or entrepreneur, you wear the same shirt every day. Less choices. You know, do the same pose. Yeah. It's like what? Like yeah. people make fun of like Jeff Bezos and whatever. It's like the dude's not thinking about his social interaction he's he's busy like thinking of the next way he can make another billion dollars you know what i mean yeah I and mean, he just did it just now right exactly yeah so and there's another billion thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the weekly warrior podcast this was Corey and jared hey we want to remind you to scroll on down and leave us a five-star rating and a review on our iTunes that would greatly help us. You can also click a link below through Red Circle to sign up to be an exclusive listener of the Weekly Warrior podcast for a small nominal fee, which we always use to put towards the betterment of this podcast. It would help us out a lot. It would help you out a lot. So, hey, it's a fair deal. Until next time, we hope you found this information useful, entertaining, and fun. We'll see you next week.